Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, uh, we have survived the freeze. Uh, but how are you doing? Your plant looks I'm great. Doing well, behind you. It's still alive. Great. It's at a 45 degree angle, as pointed out by many on the board. Uh, I've tried tying it off at different times, putting a stake in it. It's uh, it's strong. It just wants to be at a 45 degree angle. So <laughs> the fact that I've kept this plant alive for like two years is the real kind of yeah. hero's tale, hero's ending to this all. Yes. Very impressive. Very impressive. Um, but yeah, another um, busy week. Man, when was the last time we had a pod? A week ago? More than that? Yes. Six days ago, I believe. It was last Wednesday. Okay. So we did all the Bo Davis and all that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so where do we want to start? Let's start with, we'll do coaching stuff, and then we'll get into a portal ad here in a minute and just get our thoughts on it at the end. Uh, but the news of the week, certainly, uh, Corey Raymond returning to LSU, one of the architects of DBU alongside another former coach in Ron Cooper. Those guys were in charge for every notable DB that's been at LSU for the past 20 years. And after two years of not being at LSU, um, the defensive back room looks a bit different. They were very portal heavy. It worked in year one. It didn't work in year two. Now they bring Raymond back after um, Billy Napier parted ways with him at Florida. And uh, a guy who at one point, Matty B, was when Brian Kelly and them arrived, the longest tenured member on staff at 10 years uh, as the LSU DB coach and then became the corners coach uh, when they split the rooms. But He's headed back. He played here. His first job was here. He's from here. 
And now as he gets to the back end of his career, it looks like he's going to be put in, back onto the staff and stay here for however much longer we shall see. Um, yeah. But your initial reactions from someone who wasn't part of really the Raymond era, now that you see him coming back, you've covered this team for two years. What were your thoughts on seeing that being the hire? Yeah, I mean, I obviously uh, defer to you and in, in your um, expertise in terms of the Corey Raymond era here. Uh, but just in theory, uh, the, the talent acquisition aspect of whole thing of, of everything. Uh, he is one of, uh, if not, you know, one of the best cornerback uh, talent acquisition coaches in the country. Obviously, we've saw we've seen that with, you know, just throughout, like you said, the architect of DBU. So you bring him back. Uh, you have a guy who can get you the talent that you need at cornerback to be competitive. Development is great. And we've talked about that and his job will be in large part over the next couple of years to develop. But I think for me, just from an outside look uh, outside standpoint, looking in is all right, we're going to get back to getting those four and five stars in that we know can play and will be developed and will be potential NFL players. So I think that's the biggest thing to me. Uh, and then secondly is, continuing to just further build the fence around Louisiana. I mean, that's just what uh, this staff can do now. And I think Brian Kelly has taken that to a level where it needs to be at. But now with Raymond, you pair him with Frank Wilson and you, the staff as a whole, I just think the state of Louisiana continues to just be a priority and it's further on lockdown. Yeah. I will touch more on that when we get into another segment, kind of talking about all of the hires, because I went and looked up everyone's, Good. Um, I guess you wouldn't say right there where they've been coaching at. I think there's some unique Louisiana stuff that people need to pay attention to. But when I look at Corey Raymond, I think immediately of a long, not how it ended. So many fans were sour on how things ended. Well, yes, look, whenever those final two seasons, you were dealing with COVID in 2020 and 2021, they went 500 again in the regular season. You fired a head coach midway through the season but then allowed him to coach out the season, lame duck, whatever you want to describe it as, that doesn't bode well in recruiting. And through that transition, they only signed 15 high school guys. It was something like that. It was a very small number. Will Campbell, all of them were in that class. 15. So Dwight McLaughlin leaves, um, Eli Ricks leaves. I mean, there were a lot of talented guys on this team that were part of Raymond's classes, but then left. I don't put that on him. I mean, there were a lot of deficiencies on roster at the back end to where you go into a bowl game with only 38 players available, that's not a cornerback issue. That's a whole team roster issue. So I don't hang my, I don't worry about that. And I know a lot of people have said, well, it didn't end well. Well, it didn't end well for anyone. That's why they let Orgeron go just a few years after winning a national championship and bring in Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly cleans house. But two years later, he's bringing back Raymond as well as Baker, who was also on that 2021 staff and Baker being the D.C., but when I think of Raymond again, I think of, and just list Eric Reed, Jalen Mills, Jamal Adams, Tredavious White, Greedy Williams, Delpit, Stingley, uh, Delpit won the Thorpe Award, um, Christian Fulton, Dante Jackson, yeah. Jalen Collins. Um, I mean, I could go on and on here. Even guys who were from Louisiana that ended up being top three, four, five round draft picks, Daryl Simon. Um, outside the state, Richard Robinson, Jacoby Stevens, going into Texas all the time and getting guys, some I've mentioned, but uh, Kerry Vincent, Eric Munro, like these were all really highly touted guys coming out of high school. 
others that he developed into really good players. And look, you look at a Cordell Flott, like someone who was a three-star in Alabama. They had went on, Corey Raymond liked him, went on him late, got him, committed, flipped him from Auburn. And he ends up being a really vital piece for them for a couple of seasons, a number of seasons. So yep. uh, Jay Ward would fit into that uh, category. I just think from guys he's developed and gotten his three stars that went on to become NFL players or going after those big names and getting them, it paid off for him and way more often than not. And yes, there was the miss on Patrick Sertan Jr. that everyone still stings and he goes to Bama and becomes a first round pick. But that's what happens when you're shooting for the stars with litter of five-star corners year after year after year. In the NIL world, all this, you want someone who can recruit. And that's what Corey Raymond can do. And we know that these coaches have been around long enough. They know what, I think for me, and you talked about, we talked about Bo Davis last week on the pod, but if the biggest worry spots, Matty B, were corner and D-line, then I feel better that the hires are two former players who have both coached here before, who are very well known for recruiting and developing at their position, corner and D-line. So if those are the worry spots, then they've addressed it in a very good way because those are the two two of the most respected names out there. Yeah, and, and like I said last week, in terms of these being home run hires, I think Corey Raymond. I was kind of insinuating last week when I said that is like if they get Raymond or Robinson, who you know whoever they got for this position, they were swing taking big swings, and I think they've connected on another big swing with Corey Raymond. So, um, like I said, y'all, you and Billy, and uh, obviously all LSU fans. Uh, know his history, know what he's done, know know what he's capable of. And this just further instills, like you said, you are taking two coaches at defensive line and at uh, defensive back that can kind of, I think, can turn this room their rooms around quickly, even if they're not the most talented that they'll be, you know, in the coming years. In the coming years, we expect them to add more talent to the rooms. But I think just as far as setting a foundation, those are two guys who know what they're doing and have had obviously incredible amounts of success, both at LSU and um, wherever they've been really. So yeah, he inherits a room that's has a lot of players in it. Now it's about, you know, figuring out who's, who's there to stay, who we can work with, and then obviously building up from there. But I think it's just a tremendous hire for LSU. Yeah. Now I'm thinking in my head, Jalen Mills, I could keep going down of guys who are still on NFL rosters that he recruited. So yeah, this reliance on the portal, I think, will always be there in a way. Like, you'll always, if a top yeah. guy goes in the portal, you'll go after him, especially <clears throat> if it's a guy, when we're recording this right now, Jameer Grimsley from Alabama, or who signed with Alabama and enrolled uh, in December, is already entering the portal as a freshman because of all the, co all the coaching changes at Bama. Well, Corey was his main recruiter at Florida. He's from Florida, and now he said, I'm down to Florida and LSU. So, like, the portal's always there, even – if you don't have a major need to address, but a guy like that goes in and you're like, well, I was on him and his main recruiter. Now let's go back after him. But getting back to high school recruiting, developing, that will be the key for LSU to maintain any sort of long-term sustainability at DB to get back to the DBU moniker and all of that. You've got to get the talent in, develop them, and then it plays out on the field. So that's what I want to see. I think they'll go back to it and they took a big high school class this year, Matty B. So certainly they've got some younger guys they can work with. Yeah. And not for nothing, you know, the Blake Baker's defense at Missouri, I mean, between uh, Chris Abrams drain and Ennis Rakestraw, 
two three-star guys that you know i don't want to say they were under recruited but they were you know three stars end up at missouri and uh they end up blossoming and missouri was one of the highest pressure rate teams last year they've did a great job at making the offenses uncomfortable. You pair that defense with, you know, the potential of Corey Raymond's secondaries, and it's hard not to be excited as an LSU fan. So uh, I, I agree with you. Um, the room as it sits right now, we've talked about it at length over the past two months, uh, three months, four months. Uh, it, it's a work in progress. I think it's big to get J.K. Johnson back from injury. We'll see how he continues to develop uh we'll see how jair brown does uh the, the transfer from ohio state and then you still got ashton stamps and we'll you know we'll see how what they end up doing with stage ryan and toviano and whatnot but uh it's they they got some players they got some players and i think the development aspect uh of Corey raymond will be on full display this year now you want to know the toughest part of uh, what you just went through about missouri's team was that Chris Abrams Drain, Drain, former LSU commitment that they parted ways with, uh, the former staff decided on. And uh, many years later, he ended up being one of the best DBs in the SEC. So yeah. uh, let's see if they can't get things turned around. But I um, I give this higher an A, A plus, whatever you want to say, because I've seen the state of the corner and DB room right now. Like it was never that bad during all the year. Like you're going to say, oh, well, it was right when he left at the end. Yeah, LSU was a 500 team. They've won 10 games in back-to-back seasons with a DB room that is this. Like, you've got to be able to elevate that. Corey Raven can do that for you. And he still had, yeah, and there was still, Stingley was still, like, there were still injuries in the past, in the last two yeah. years that they dealt with, too, that were out of his control. Yeah, no, Stingley, for sure, being injured for half the year and sitting yeah. out and then having to prep for the draft and becoming a top three pick. So, uh, I love this hire. I think it will work out well for him. I'm not in the camp of of disbelievers, how big or small it might be. And I think the majority of LSU fans and certainly, and this is probably what matters, recruits, former player, all that are behind the hire. They like it. So that's uh, the kind of initial waves you want to make. Um, let's do a little ad read. Rogue Shop, uh, who we've uh, rocked with from the start since we've been at the Bengal Tiger, even before us, Billy was here uh, rocking with Rogue yeah, Shop. But, uh, yeah, you guys know it now. Uh, Rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E, shop.com. And you've got the promo code Bengal Tiger, uh, one word, and it gets you 10% off your order. That will take care of shipping plus some. Uh, so it's always an easy deal. But any issues with sleeping, chronic pain, anxiety, stress, you named it, you name it. Those are kind of the main things that Rogue Shop deals with. They sell CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, um, everything from the bath salts, the pain creams, Billy uses the pain cream all the time. He's getting old and still plays hockey. So, uh, his old bones can barely like take 11 it after PM a... at night. He'll be out there playing yeah. hockey. He was, he, yeah, he shifted it up this week. He was like at 6 AM playing hockey. I was like, what is your, uh, what's the issue? And it was like 10 degrees in Dallas. He's like, well, it's yeah. warmer inside with the ice. So I don't know. Billy loves him some hockey, but for old folks like Billy, uh, who's growing old now, uh, pain cream he uses, rubs it on the knees, elbows, says it works, uh, but topicals, everything, soaps, no matter what it is, they've got it handcrafted. Uh, they grow all their own cannabis in the manufacturing facility they have. Everything's made uh, completely homegrown, uh, and they are America's number one online dispensary health and wellness shop. Uh, what we love is the chat. Um, you can get on there at really any point, and the chat will pop up. It's not a bot. That's Char, who, um, one of the two people who run it, and she is there to chat at pretty much all times uh, about if you have questions or whatever it might be. So um, give them some support. Uh, 
they are, a, like I said, a site that started out as a small business, uh, but run by a disabled vet, uh, a woman-owned company. So we've been uh, we've been rocking with Rogue Shop for a couple of year, years now and appreciate everyone who's continued to support them. So get on the website, check it out, browse it. They have like a hundred options of things you could choose from. Uh, but if you find something at checkout, Bengal Tiger is the promo code, one word, 10% off your first order. Uh, Matty B, there were obviously uh, more news this week that uh, we broke uh, on the Bengal Tiger, not just the Corey Raymond news, but news of Jake Olson, um, who was an analyst at Missouri that Blake Baker brought with him when Baker got hired as the DC. And in the meantime, they have gone through a ton of interviews uh, and they interviewed, look, and vetted double digit guys at DB before they came to Corey and or came back around to Corey and said, okay, this is the guy we want to hire. Jake Olson also gets the nod we've learned uh, for an on-field position. We'll see exactly what it is. He has experience with safeties. He's got experience with special teams, but this is a young guy who cut his teeth really coaching around Louisiana, not from here, but has already made stops at four different Louisiana colleges, including LSU before. So a lot of people around the state from Nichols to Northwestern to ULM know him, have spent time with him, uh, think he's an up and comer. And I can tell you that Blake Baker is a very, very big fan. So when I tell you, Maddie B, that on offense, you know what you've got. Um, you've got Frank Wilson at running backs coach and associate head coach, recruiting coordinator, whatever labels you want to slap on him. Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankton did quarterbacks and wide receivers and then became co-OCs. Uh, interim, which we'll touch on that more in a moment, but um, Brad Davis, uh, another Louisiana native who's been coaching up the O-line, the only holdover from the old regime on Brian Kelly's staff uh, is still coaching up the O-line. So we feel great there. They finished with the number one offense in the country. I know you lose Mike Denbrock, but there is a sense that stability can be maintained if you continue on with a promotion from within and a guy like Sloan is in the booth like he was in the Wisconsin game. Hankins on the field with the players. They did a little co-OC duties and it seemingly worked out well for the offense. They started clicking and Nussmeyer had a big first start thrown for nearly 400 yards. We know about that side of the ball. I'll touch on it in a minute here. Uh, but defensively, we've brought up Corey Raymond. We brought up Bo Davis at D-line coach. We brought up Blake Baker uh, as the DC uh, and linebackers coach and then brought up Jake Olson as a guy who's going to slide in somewhere. The other addition is Kevin Peoples. And uh, once again, they're going to split the D line and then like Jack linebackers or edge or however you want to describe it uh, into two rooms. It's pretty commonplace. They did it even at Texas when Bo Davis was there, but steeples has been coaching for 29 years. This will be his 30th uh, people's excuse me. Yeah. This will be his 30th year. And people say he's a great developer, a great recruiter. Um, he's held in very high regard uh, around coaching circles for what he's done. Uh, across his career with the linemen from Arkansas State. Uh, he spent four years at Tulane. He's been at a number of different colleges, but then at Missouri, uh, they had a really good D-line. Baker brings him down. When you look at this group as a whole, what's your reaction? Because on paper, to me, this seems like an A-plus staff to put together in two weeks. I mean, he Brian Kelly went from firing everyone that worked on that side of the ball to now they have this staff. Yeah, in, in two weeks, like you said. Um I, I touched on this last week, but I, now that it's all you know set in stone, uh, I think you, we can expand on it even more in terms of this feels like not only uh, you know home run hires is, is one thing, but it 
feels like these are names that you can say in Kevin Peoples that have done this for multiple years and have excelled. And then also, I think the Blake Baker aspect of it and bringing Peoples in in terms of you know what you're getting there, you know what you're getting at the outside linebacker. Or I think they called it the star position at Missouri last year. So star or um, that might have been a nickel, wherever they they have like wherever the defense is for Blake Baker, you bring in peoples to further um, instill that on the defensive line, help the continuity aspect of it. Um, and I just think overall between him and Olsen, you now have two guys that Baker's comfortable with. And then you have two, you know, the home run hires, in my opinion, in, in Davis and uh, Raymond. So overall it checks all the boxes. I'm trying not like, I'm trying to look at this through like a pessimist uh, standpoint, just in terms of, all right, some, you know, it, it seems perfect on paper, but what could possibly go wrong? And I don't know the answer to it because Peoples is solidified. Raymond solidified. Um, Davis is known in the industry. Like Baker, I think, is probably the only question mark because he has so much to do in terms of installing his defense. That's maybe the only question mark is he's still as a defensive coordinator has to excel at this level, which, you know, he did at Missouri. Now you have to do it at LSU. Um, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be really good. And now he has a really great staff around him. But that might be my only question now is, all right, Blake Baker, you have this great staff. You're going to recruit at a high level. Now let's see you do it on the field, the X's and O's, the development of the linebackers, which he's done. But doing it at this level when all eyes are on you, feels different because now expectations are you have everything around you. You have all the resources you need, go produce a top 20 defense every single year. And now obviously this first year, you'll have some leeway in that, but from that after this year, it's going to be top 20 defenses. You're going to have to pump them out or else people are going to be like, Hey, we have Garrett Nussmeyer. We have Bryce Underwood. You know, the defense has to keep up. If not, then you're going to be looked at, you know, just like that house was. Yeah, well, LSU would have taken a top 60 defense last year and may have won yeah. a national championship with it. Uh, they finished in the hundreds. But two years in a row, he finished in the top 40 with Missouri. Yeah, That obviously led to them having great success. They landed in the New Year's Six Bowl. They win it. Um, quickly on Baker, because we can talk about all these other guys plenty, but uh, what is the thought process for you? Because two years ago, look what he did with when he or three years ago. When he was here at LSU as linebackers coach, he took Damone Clark to a new level. And yeah. Damone Clark's a guy who plays in the NFL now. What can, like, how eager are you to see or kind of how, what's your initial reaction to what this does for Harold Perkins, for Whit Weeks, for Greg Penn, the three guys you know are going to be big pieces at linebacker? Yeah, I think um, I wrote a story on it when Baker was hired, I think. But uh, uh, Dar- I, I forgot the, the first name, but uh, Darren Harper, Daron Harper, um, Hopper. Uh, the development that he did with him at Missouri, I think, can is applicable to what he could do with Harold Perkins and even Whit Weeks um, at LSU. I think Damone Clark and Greg Penn have similar uh, skill sets and frames. So I, I think those are where LSU fans have to be excited at the linebacker position because Matt House didn't feel like – it felt like he maybe took an NFL approach with college guys or maybe he didn't – see he didn't understand how to develop them in the same way which might be unfair but Blake Baker now for the past three years has had pretty much an all SEC uh, linebacker Damone Clark to, to Hopper at Missouri so we know he can do that and I think that's the most appealing thing him as a position coach 
is not in question at all. I think he is an A-plus linebackers coach, and he's proven that over the last three years, and he even proved that beforehand um, in his career. But now it becomes, you know, about the entire defense. You are the head honcho on defense as the defensive coordinator. So, um, yeah, that'll be interesting. But as a defense, as a linebackers coach, I have no questions about him. He's going to accelerate the process. And I do want – again, I want to be on record saying this now, even if I'm wrong. Uh, I do think Harold Perkins should try to be an inside linebacker with Blake Baker, um, to at least in spring ball, to see what he can do. I, I just think that he could really excel there under Baker. It's going to be one of the more interesting, I think, topics of conversation for the offseason is where – Kind of how that all fleshes out in terms of how they want to use Perkins and then certainly getting weeks onto the field and Penn has just been a really valuable player. Like yeah. I think I think that Blake Baker can do for Penn what he did for Damone Clark. Like they remind me of each other in a way to where, yes, they hit the stats, but there's that untapped potential that's still there that maybe he can unlock. So excited to see what that looks like. Um, let's get another ad uh, read in here. Game time. Um, everyone knows game time. The number one ticketing app out there, Game Time app, is an easy download. Just go to the App Store, type in Game Time, one word. It'll uh, bring you to the download unless you already have it. But if you've not used it yet, the promo code is TIGERS, T-I-G-E-R-S. It is 20 bucks off your first order. Terms apply. Um, but download the Game Time app again. If you don't have it, create the account, whether it's at the start or the end, when you're checking out, promo code TIGERS and 20% off or 20 bucks off, excuse me. Um, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. That's the game time motto. It's fast and easy way to buy tickets to all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They harp on the uh, last minute ticket deals and the best price guarantee. I love the uh, flash deals, which kind of anytime right before an event or as it's getting going, you can get on there and find them for sometime as cheap as 25% of the original value of what they were being sold for. Uh, and I also like the image view of uh, the seats. I will say they've got some uh, games at the PMAC. Folks should probably be getting on game time for because the men are red hot right now, Matty B. The women are obviously <laughs> took an L at Auburn. They're at Bama tonight as we're recording this, or I guess what, tonight, tomorrow? Yeah, tonight. Uh, but on the road. Uh, but lots of games coming up as SEC play rolls on. And McMahon wants folks to pack the PMAC. They got a, I would call it an upset win over a top 25 team, but that would not technically be correct because LSU was favored. But they covered, uh, and then some with a double-digit yep. win. So, um, Matty B, what? Oh, well, might be a little tough to get South Carolina tickets, but if Oof. you want them, they're probably on the Game Time app being resold for uh, a price that I'm not sure uh, I've checked out yet. But uh, it's going to be up there. That will be sold yeah. out. But um, I don't know. LSU gymnastics, everything, everything that's going on at the PMAC right now. Baseball season's about to start. Game Time has so much LSU stuff on there in terms of ticket availability. So. Uh, be sure to at least download it, give it a look. And uh, if you end up finding any, finding any tickets to anything, concerts, uh, that promo code is TIGERS and it gets you 20 bucks off. Um, all right. Uh, the rest of the staff, we talked about all that. I firmly believe that the best way for them to just move on with the continuity of the current offense with Nussmeyer, you're returning four of the five starting O-linemen, coupled with you've got Bryce Underwood committed all of this is Joe Sloan and DeCorian Moore, another five-star. Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankton remaining on staff. Whether it's co-OCs or an OC, I don't know what the exact plan is, but I have heard no buzz about anybody else outside of the building. So I firmly believe that the hire will come inside the building. 
then there would be a tight ends coach. And I still think they're eyeing a tight ends coach as an on-field role. That was Denbrock's job as the OC before to coach the tight ends. So they had that position on field. Now that he's gone, whether it's Sloan, Hankton, them together, they don't coach tight ends. They coach quarterbacks and receivers. That's a group in the Brian Kelly offense, I feel like, that he really wants to have a position coach at. And when you've got Pimpton and Mark Way and Mason Taylor as your starter, and then you sign the number one tight end and trade as green, you really want to put a coach there who can really develop those guys, bring them along. And we've talked about it a ton on the pod, Matty B. Jaden Daniels didn't need Mason Taylor all the time. Garrett Nussmeyer does. Like he will work the tight end. I think they're going to work more two tight end sets next year. I think it'll look more like a typical 12 personnel Brian Kelly offense would at times. But your thoughts on maybe not the tight end, because I think that we will see a tight end higher. And if so, yeah. Tulane Slade Nagel is a guy who sort of led the way, I think, is the top candidate, but we'll see which direction they go. But your thoughts on the co-offensive coordinators, because I'm in the camp that if you fired everyone on defense and you mentioned it, Baker's now tasked with, oh, I have to install my defense. I have to get all these new coaches in place. Everyone's got to now get onto this page. When you just finish with the number one offense in college football, yeah, you lost your OC, but the playbook's there. All that's there. You can just keep it rolling. Is there any reason to look elsewhere? I don't think so. I, I think you laid it out well. If if you did hire – like hiring an offensive coordinator and keeping the rest of the staff feels counterintuitive, doesn't it? Like that. that's the whole thing is when you hire an offensive coordinator, I feel like you should be able to bring in – a position coach of his liking, but that wouldn't be the case here. So I feel like if you told, if you went around and looked for an offensive coordinator across the country, that would take a job where he would be stepping in to the number one offense in the country, but he would be the only change, right? The rest of the staff would be the exact same. I feel like that would be a lot of pressure on you, right? You you come in and let's say you fall off a little bit. If you're the 15th ranked defense offense or the 20th ranked offense, everyone's going to look at you and say, you're the only change here, right? You, we have, you know, obviously Garrett Nussmeyer in place. You now have receivers, like the personnel, you've returned six starters. We return all the position coaches. You're the only change here. I feel like that's asking a lot of an offensive coordinator, regardless of who it could possibly be. So I do think at this point, and you've mentioned it, we haven't heard any buzz or like, you know, extended interviews on the offensive coordinator side. It feels like it should be Sloan uh, or Sloan and Hankton. Um, and I think that's the right way to go about it. Um, they clearly have the respect of the players. Like you said, I think they are recruiting at a fairly high level. I've, obviously Sloan got his gym uh, in Underwood. And with the way things are rolling right now, I just don't see a reason to change it. Um, I think you can maybe be more selective in a year or two, but um, or not selective, but you maybe be a little bit more critical in a year or two. But at this moment, with the way that they prepped and the way they performed in the bowl game, there's no reason, I think, to change it up right now. 100% with you. And you get to keep Garrett Nussmeyer clicking. The O-line knows what they're doing. Nothing changes for them if you just keep the playbook, everything in place with this offensive system. I do wonder, yeah. um, I do wonder, because we, we talked about tight ends, how much, like, Denbrock was clearly intent on using tight ends. And I say that knowing that they still didn't, they weren't using 12 personnel like heavy last year or in, especially in year one. But 
I do wonder, with, like you said, with the talent at tight end that they have in that room, if Denbrock would have stayed, if he would have gone to more 12 personnel. Now with him gone, if it is Sloan and or Hankton, do they look at the tight end position in the same way? And if not, will Brian Kelly kind of push them in that, that direction? Um, it's an interesting, I guess, complexity to this in, in that way. But also you have to add that fact that Tradez Green and Camorian Pimpton, I think, can both play the slot. Like I think they can both flank out at receiver pretty comfortably. So I think you you can be com- you can be um versatile versatile in that regard uh with them to where you're not as dependent as you are with other like 12 personnel sets. I'm 100% with you. 100%. So I uh I think when they do find a tight ends coach, I think they probably promote from within an OC and that would round out the staff. So yeah. Special teams, we'll see. I think the tight ends coach could honestly, if it's a guy like Nagel who has a special teams background, can help out. Like it feels to me that the days of a dedicated special teams coach are gone because, for one, you're kicking it out of the end zone. Most teams that eliminates kick returns and kickoffs, really. I mean, that handles that. Punt returns is pretty much the big factor. And then field goals. But even then, every field goal kicker and punter you'll ever talk to in college will say, all the greats. I mean, and even look at a guy like McMahon at LSU most recently, they'll say they didn't punt or kick in college, so they don't know, they don't teach me that. Like, I already know how to do it, and then I work on my stuff in the offseason with a trainer, and it's not like that hands-on technical. It's more about, you know, your coverage units, all these different things, uh, blocking assignments being correct, which cost them a win in two years ago to open the season against Florida State on an extra point. Uh, but you can kind of split those duties up. I'm fine with that. Whether it goes to an on-field coach who has another role like a tight ends, or it's also then handled by like other coaches chipping in or analysts, whatever direction they want to go there, I'm good with. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially when you, if your offense is rolling the way that your offense rolled in 2023, uh, it definitely negates uh, how much weight is on special teams, as we saw punt coverage and kickoff coverage and uh, field goal units. I mean, they were going forward on fourth down a high percentage of the time anyway. So, yeah, I I agree. I think you're better off having either that second defensive line coach uh, or a tight ends coach, um, you know, and you could find coaches that have coached special teams because – Honestly, it feels like a large majority of coaches have coached special teams at some point, or at least helped out with special teams at some point in their career. So, yeah, I'm good with it. All right. Um, we'll wind this podcast down. Uh, one more ad read because uh, we only did one pod this week. But then I want your opinions on their latest transfer portal ad. But yeah. uh, first, uh, my perfect franchise. Uh, you guys know it. We did it after every game, me and Maddie B, uh, on our post-game reaction pod. But Andy Ludicky uh, is a franchise owner, franchisees, helped out so many different people, including folks on the Bengal Tiger uh, over his decades uh, in the industry. But he runs My Perfect Franchise. You can look it up online. Just type in My Perfect Franchise or go to MyPerfectFranchise.net. And what he does is helps anyone out with anyone trying to get into the becoming a franchisee or maybe on a part-time sort of side hustle. Uh, He can help you out, whether it is um, a passion of yours that you just don't know which direction to take it or whether you've seen other people getting involved in franchises and want to know how much is it going to cost me, how much time is it going to cost, whatever type of requirements go into it. 
Andy can help with all of it. And the best part about it, we say it every week, 100% free to give them a call, give them an email, get on the phone, talk about kind of the spot you're in. Maybe you have a full-time job. Maybe you're looking for a new you know, line of work or whatever it might be. Um, there are so many people becoming franchise owners or part-time owners uh, that Andy wants to be able to kind of spread the word that, hey, he's here as a consultant uh, and he can do it for you for free uh, in terms of reaching out and just getting those initial conversations in. So give him an, uh, a call, 404-973-9901. That's 404-973-9901. Or email him, andy at myperfectfranchise.net. That's andy, A-N-D-Y, at myperfectfranchise.net. Again, services are 100% free uh, for any questions about business ownership you might have. He's done it, uh, as I said, for multiple decades. So he's got uh, plenty of stuff that he can uh, share and a wealth of knowledge uh, in that realm of, uh, of work. So shout out to Andy. Appreciate all he does for us and, uh, and continues to do for people on the Bengal Tiger. A lot of people have uh, reached out and used him. So moving on, um, the final thing, I'll set this one up for you, Matty B, because I'd like your take. You did a breakdown on him. CJ Daniels out of Liberty, wide receiver, is headed to LSU. A lot of college teams wanted him, but he picks the Tigers. Your initial reactions to a receiver that I will offer this up to you. Only 11 guys had 1,000 yards receiving and at least 10 or more touchdowns combined last year. Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors were two of them. So now you're down to nine. Two of them were in LSU's team. Only five of those guys, including all of them, Brian and Malik, are playing football again in 2024. C.J. Daniels is one of them. He's coming off of a... Jamie Chadwell coached offensive team that lit up the scoreboards. They landed in a New Year's Six Bowl. They played Oregon. C.J. Daniels played very well in that game. You lose Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, but you add a C.J. Daniels, in addition to Xavier Thomas, who we've talked about a ton out of Mississippi State. But we'll make this one about Daniels. You watch the film. Give the breakdown to LSU fans of what the Tigers are getting here and a guy who clearly has the production. Yeah, he has the production. Obviously, your first question when uh, they get C.J. Daniels is, all right, well, Liberty was known for having the worst uh, strength of schedule in the country. So I went into it wondering how much of it was was that. But then you realize also Liberty had the most rushing yards in the country for non-service academy um, teams and the highest rush percentage rate. So he was going back and watching the film of Liberty – trying to find C.J. Daniels' um, th- catches or routes and whatnot was a little bit of a chore. Um, you have to sift through all of the, the read options and triple options and stuff a little bit. But uh, still a really good offense. Uh, he was he had Caden Salter as his quarterback, who I watched Caden Salter in high school. Um, that dude is an absolute baller. So he had the quarterback advantage in, in most games, but I don't think that takes anything away from what he did last year. And the upside that he has coming to LSU I think some people have said he's a a Malik neighbors replacement which I could understand in theory but I think he's more of a Brian Thomas replacement you look at his yards per reception at 19 you look at his average depth of target which is 15 and a half which is uh, more than Brian Thomas and Malik neighbors I mean definitely Malik neighbors but Brian Thomas I think was at 14 or so Um, so we're talking about a guy who was a deep ball threat um, great tracking ability in the air. We hear that that a lot in recruiting, but just the way he can adjust his body on deep balls, even when he's like falling out of bounds or has a defender draped all over him, uh, it's all. I mean, 
in the story that I wrote, I put, you know, I mean, I put gifts in there and it's just highlight after highlight of him adjusting and turning his body and getting a foot down out of bounds. You're like, all right, that's all I needed to see. That's really it because the hand-eye coordination is there. I think the top end speed isn't like, it's not Malik neighbors, right? He's not super shifty in that way, but he's not going to be used in that way. I don't think, I think he's going to be used like a Brian Thomas to take the top off defenses. I think he can be a lead in that respect. Um, and the, the hands, the, the, um, coordination. And I think his release uh, off the line of scrimmage is what makes him elite. So yeah, I was really impressed. Um, let me look through the story real quick, see if I forgot anything, but, um, yeah, he's, he's really good. I'm interested to see, like I said before, he didn't play a P5 team or all year. He didn't even play really a good mid-major or a good uh, G5 team uh, in Conference USA. So I'm interested to see him take that step up because he's not the most physical receiver. But I do think there's enough uh, tape on him in terms of watching guys try to jam him, try to press him, and he gets off of those pretty easily. So um yeah love the big playability i think he's a brian thomas replacement and i mean that in a very positive light obviously after the year that brian thomas had um, i look at Xavier thomas as more of a malik neighbors replacement a guy who can do a little bit more on the in-between and the short route stuff and get the yards after catch so um love those two additions cj daniels to me is wide receiver one at this moment in time i i love i like kyron lacy um i like Xavier thomas but to me, C.J. Daniels has better tape. He has more um, proven production, and he's a veteran. I think he's, what, 23 years old, right? So this is a guy who um, knows what he needs to do in this last year. He's going to come in ready to play, and I, I just love this pickup for LSU. I'm I'm with you. And for the people that worry, well, isn't the, what does this do to Shelton Sampson or Kyle Parker or younger guys on roster – you have to just keep making the team better. Competition is always going to be there, especially in this era of the portal. So if you you just lost the – my response to that is because people say, aren't there more glaring needs, corner, DT? That's not deterring them from addressing those areas. But you lost a finalist for the Bolitnikov who led – in neighbors who led the nation in touchdown – and touchdown – or receiving yards, I'm sorry. And you lose Brian Thomas who led the nation in touchdown catches. So – that's two massive pieces. If you know your defense will probably still have some struggles, regardless of a complete staff turnover, doesn't it make sense to restock your number one offense with another proven player? I would think that LSU fans, I think we're met, met with this one with a little bit of like, well, don't we have receivers? No, you don't have any receivers that were thousand yard guys on the team. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. And I, I again, I like Kyron Lace. I, I'm actually pretty. I, I think too. I said last podcast, right, where I was like, all right, we had to predict the top three receivers. I was like, Kyron Lacy to me is is the guy. I think he can be a good player. He's not. I don't look at him in the same light that I look at Ky, uh, Malik Neighbors. I don't look at him in the aspect in the um, in the light of being that. Oh, no doubt, first round receiver. I don't think he's that that level. Um, I think he's good, not great. Uh, Chris Hilton, I think he's he could be good, but we just had a whole year where he was healthy and Kyron Lacey was clearly better than him. And, and Cortez Hankton clearly went to Kyron Lacey over him. Um, Aaron Anderson, you know, uh, those guys I think are fine players. But to go back to your Shelton Sampson point, I'm really high on Shelton Sampson. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Shelton Sampson maybe 
fought Kyron Lacey for a spot, fought Xavier Thomas for a spot, um, fought Aaron Anderson for a spot. If he's ready, I don't think – I'm not looking at Kyron Lacey and Chris Hilton as being like, oh, well, those guys are just too good. Shelton Sampson can't pass them up. C.J. Anderson is the only one to me that is on a tier of his own. Everybody else is in competition for two, three, four. Like, it's his competition at this point. Shelton Sampson, if he is that level to where he could have a – you know, Keishon Boutte type sophomore season or t- uh, uh, freshman season, like then he will be in the rotation no matter what. He needs to prove that, I guess, to him in practice. I think Kyle Parker needs to prove himself in practice. This is the offseason for them to take that freshman to sophomore leap that we've seen LSU receivers take. So let's see it. Let's see it. And if they don't, now you have insurance in CJ, um, CJ Daniels that, all right, if Sheldon Sampson and Kyle Parker maybe don't take that leap, you have C.J. Daniels now. That's a bona fide number one receiver. Kyron Lacey doesn't have too much on his plate. He can settle in as the number two, and you kind of just fill in from there. Um, I think this – I understand in terms of numbers why you'd be concerned, but in terms of talent acquisition, this is a no-doubter to me. that You're not getting another – like this isn't a guy like – no offense, like, like Aaron Anderson who's coming in to, I guess, you know, figure out his role on the team. This is a guy who's a bona fide number one player in my opinion yeah Aaron Anderson had missed had only played one year of college and had missed exactly. a year with an injury you know he's a great high school player but he's young still and he'd been injured like he was working his way back from another injury that happened in spring ball or whatever so can't remember spring or fall camp but yeah that's a good point it's not like that it this is a bona fide proven vet like he could have gone pro and been picked yeah. high yeah like I, I just think this is you're not taking a risk here with him and if i think you can have qualms with some of the other additions that they've taken so far more so than him even if they're at a position of need like i just think cj daniels like you said the defense we don't know for a fact that it's going to be top 40 in the country top 50 in the country like we don't know where exactly that's going to fall it maybe takes them some time to figure it out well unfortunately lsu you do not have time to figure it out on defense because you start off with USC and then you play UCLA and then you're in conference play. Like things move very quickly. And I'll echo what I said this time last year, the expectation is to win a national championship or be in the conversation for a national championship every year. You can't lose these game ones, these game threes, you know, against good teams. You have to come out ready to play. And I think CJ Daniels raises the floor of this team uh, significantly. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, well, we'll keep you guys updated. Uh, the next pod will probably be us talking about the final coaching hires. I only have a couple left, or at least to be named, um, whether that's internal promotions or going outside, like we said, for a tight ends coach. But the defensive do, staff is in place. Do um, I mean, I know the, the numbers, are, I guess, the scholarship numbers is, is, could slow it down. But, I mean, I think I would assume they would get a portal player in the next – if you had to say, will they get a portal player in the next seven days? They're trying if, I mean, I think corner would be the spot we're looking at there because that's where kind of guys are popping up. Um, But I think the spring window is going to be big for them. I think that's where guys could pop up. You could transfer as a grad transfer at really any point. So I think as the the numbers are tight, but we'll still see attrition. We saw Mason Lunsford, a backup O-lineman, retire from football this week. So by the spring when guys get a feel for where they're at on the depth chart and that window opens again after spring ball, I think that's when we'll see a handful more players enter the portal. And then that gives them wiggle room to add whomever else they need to, they feel they need to add. Yeah. 
I was just curious because I mean, yeah, I think that'll be like our next podcast. We'll see. It's it feels like there should be a lot going on right now, but I agree with you in terms of the spring window is going to be more important to get their staff set, figure out the recruiting, lay it, lay everything out, and then kind of go from there. But yeah, that's all, all right. I got today. There it is, forty five minutes. Um, that'll work. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us. This has been fun. Uh, keep up with us all day, every day on the board. Uh, Bengal Tiger on three. Uh, we are there all the time talking, chatting, memeing, everything y'all want uh, in a message board, all of the latest scoops. So, yeah, stay uh, stay up to date with everything LSU on the Bengal Tiger on three. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for listening on Spotify, Apple. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review if you're over there as well. And yeah, for Shay Dix and I'm Matthew Bruni. We will talk to y'all later. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-420-47 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.